Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> compound on the west side of Summershade, Kentucky. Two guys who are rim brands at drawing complete blanks. It's the KY Sports Guys. Hello, everybody. Segment 2, Podcast 39. It is the KY Sports Guys, joined by the Stock Tony and by Young Tyler. An exciting Segment 1 to Podcast 39. And now we go into more of the comical, the bits, kind of hit the, the big high points, if you will, of the sports week, maybe not so much UK-oriented, but i got to tell you, I really enjoyed talking UK, and we were worried with just one game and kind of a blowout, would we be able to talk about them at length, and I think we could have done another 45 minutes. Yeah, I think what we're proving is we love to talk UK. Everyone in Big Blue Nation loves to. We'll give a shout-out. It's I'm remiss for not getting the guys' names, but I got to see watch the first half last night at Gondoliers Leers uh, in, in Glasgow, and I met two guys who were there watching uh, with uh, I guess I don't know with their families, whatever. They were there watching the game, and I told them about the KY guys. I should have got their names, given them a shout out. But if you're listening, two guys at Gondoliers last night watching the game on the back TV because the other one wouldn't come on for some reason. Uh, Shout out to you guys, and thanks for listening. If you are listening, we appreciate it. Hey, and shout out to Gondoliers, and hey, if you want to sponsor us, it's really cheap. It is. We could, uh, we might be bought off for a couple of pizzas or something. Plenty of bits they could sponsor, plenty of bits for us to talk about. Let's see which one we can jump into first. This is the one that wherever Chapzilla's at, he may get a shiver right now. And we want to talk about football. We mentioned we're going to talk a lot about football this segment. We mentioned um, a little about the bowl games in segment one. One big bowl game last night after the UK game. Um, you know, I think it was still on during it, but it was being played kind of simultaneously, and it stayed on after. It looked like Oregon had it pretty much taken care of, playing against the second-string uh, quarterback, all that at TCU, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the score's tied. What? What happened? So what's haunting Oregon? What's haunting Oregon, I believe, is the ghost of Marcus Mariota. He's carried them for the last several years, and I think not having him is just – I mean, they they still had a great year, and once you get up thirty-one to nothing at halftime, you take your foot off the gas. You know, you just do. 
Also, what's haunting them is John Reed's a fan of them, and his team tend to do terrible. Except for his fantasy uh, Roberto team, by the way, Champs, I think. I'm going to go ahead and call it Champs of Roberto League. Just like CNN, and Teenage Newton Ninja Turtles, is that what his name is? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a child. He's been around Cam Newton uh, all year. So you've made a projection. I'm projecting. It's pretty much over. Uh, you can count it over now. Sid would have said the Teenage Newton Ninja Turtles are going to be Roberto Bowl Champs 2015. Fox News would like for you to wait just a little bit longer. You think I also did? I also did predict Dewey over Truman. I'm not the only one. So don't, <laughs> don't don't uh, don't hold it again. He did not have Dukakis though over oh, no. Bush. Boy, Just an game. can now take the big zero off the 50 yard line for the number of championships. <laughs> wow. wow! Yeah, um, I kind of agree. First of all, we say that when you say the ghost of Marcus Mariota, um, we kind of maybe forget he was the the Heisman winner. Uh, so yeah, you're you're losing something really, really big when you lose a Marcus Mariota. More than just saying a quarterback, he is the quarterback. So that's a good good point. I'm gonna answer a question by asking a question because you have right. to love that. What was the very first post you ever wrote and posted on the KY Sports Guys Stock Tony? You had to read it, the the title. You had to read it correctly. It was called So Good Night. Yeah, and what was it about? It was about all those uniforms that Phil Knight has sold us as a uh, public on that we need to see all the alternate uniforms, which I love, by the way. There you go. That's what's haunting Oregon. Too pretty. Too pretty a program. Too many crazy uniform combinations. When you get up 31 nothing, you're you're basically you're bored and you're ready to put on a show. There's just too much, too much Hollywood. Too much instead of just you know getting on the old uniforms and continuing to play. I think they got bored, and you have to tip your hat to TCU as well. But Oregon, what's haunting them? They are. Uh, too financially taken care of, too pampered to finish off the game. How about that? There's a stat right here that just, you know, a lot of people criticized Calipari last year for kind of taking his foot off the gas, trying to take the air out of the ball last season against uh, Wisconsin. Oregon had 345 yards in the first half of last night's game. They had 52 yards in the second half. So maybe they took their foot off the gas. It was the uniforms. Isn't it odd? I think they do – they do the hipster thing, though, in the bowls. Have you not noticed this? Lately, they've been doing the hipster thing, which is totally opposite, the counterintuitive opposite thing that you think they'll do. Instead of coming out in some flashy, crazy uniform, they come out in all white, which is what they did last night. So maybe they needed more uniforms, a flashier uniform last night. Here's what I'm saying, though. When you watch Oregon, regardless of what they actually wear, what is topic number one? It's what not what are, Exactly. It's not what are they going to run, how they're going to play. When you think of TCU, now, that's a football team, focused. I will say this. This is what happened, too, though. They say that Gary Patterson changed his shirt at halftime. So maybe, maybe it was the close. It could be, man. I mean, it, it's like we need Joan Rivers, the late Joan Rivers, out here to, to announce these football games. Cause of the that's fashion, not going to happen, the fashion show. Yeah. Could get Melissa. You could. Yeah, I think she could. she's still available. Uh, you know, Chip Kelly, maybe it's the uh, – Lingering effects of the Chip Kelly firing that's got everybody in Oregon. People were down in the dumps. Yeah. They came out all happy, just like Chip Kelly's first season. And then everything just quit working, kind of like this year for Chip Kelly. And lo and behold, they're both in about the same spot. Are you accusing the Duck players of tanking in order to get Chip Kelly? Wow. That's interesting. No, that was not my accusation. My quackization. But no. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, thanks. That was awful. Uh, No, actually... Uh, have you? I, I guess you've been seeing the reports. Maybe there's speculation of 
Kelly to Nashville for the Tennessee Titans for his superstar quarterback, Marcus Mariota. That that would be a good I don't think the Chip Kelly experiment got uh, the plug pulled a little early, to be real honest. I don't know that Chip Kelly got a fair shake. I know he was, they didn't do well this season. I know he had a lot of responsibility and made some questionable moves. Uh, but I think Chip Kelly's a very smart football guy. So if he ended up in Tennessee, I think good for the Titans. I wonder how the or, or how uh, the Eagles feel about him getting rid of all those players. <laughs> they they didn't like it too year. well. Yeah, it, it seems like they've lost both issues though. They lost all those players. They're gone already. Now they lose the coach too. So now what? Now you got to completely reboot. So the Eagles will probably be pretty bad for a long time to come. Most likely. And here's the thing too, though. And I, I'm, I was never exactly sure why Chip Kelly, if it was an ego thing or what. But why did he really want Sam Bradford so much? You need. I would rather have Marcus Mariota right now, second year, next year, as, as uh, Sam Bradford twice. I don't know why anybody thought Sam Bradford was a great fit there. Isn't it interesting how quickly people fall, though? Sam Bradford was a former number one pick, and at Oklahoma was a tremendous quarterback, and now we talk about him as if you know Sam Bradford couldn't you know, lead uh, uh, anybody's peewee league to a championship. I, I agree with your analysis. I think that's true, but it's funny that Sam Bradford – has now become almost like Tim Couch did late in his career, where it was like, oh, Tim Couch, not very good, when just five or six years ago, Sam Bradford was the man. Yeah, and he, I don't know, he, the thing about Sam Bradford I think you'll probably remember more than anything else is he was the last of the rookie super millionaire quarterbacks yes. before the rookie pay scale went in. So he, he hit right at the exact time after that. It's only a few million now they make, as opposed to that hundreds of I don't know why they don't just go get a job out here on the farm. I know, right? It's pretty ridiculous, the money that they're they're losing. And I've actually heard uh, different analysis of Chip Kelly's success with Nick Foles. And now look at Nick Foles and, and St. Louis being awful, not even playing. Maybe if he could win with Nick Foles, maybe he was doing something pretty well. How many really bad quarterbacks are there in the NFL? My goodness, there are just a ton of quarterbacks that you scratch your head and you don't want them on your fantasy team. No, uh, here's what I was watching today. And this is this is just, I mean, I actually think put it in that post this week. Pretty amazing. Tennessee had Zach Mittenberger because of an injury to Mariota. And then he is out. I think he they may have benched him for Tanny. Tanny? I don't even know who this guy is. So Tanny's in. Throws a touchdown. Now he's the toast of Tennessee. Uh, he's playing against the Colts, who had Josh Freeman resurrected. <laughs> Who? We Josh have Freeman. a Josh Freeman sighting. Who's awesome. playing like for the Wranglers or something that uh, Terrell Owens was at there for a while. Uh, and then their other quarterback is Ryan Lindley, I believe, who's replacing Matt Hasselback, who's replacing Andrew Luck. You get at Brock Osweiler, Peyton Manning, first time backing up. I saw a stat, first time as a backup quarterback since 1994 Tennessee. It's been a dreadful year for quarterbacks. And it's odd because the quarterbacks are the most pampered and least hit, there are so many rules to protect them, and they still cannot protect them. But it is impressive that you know that many third-string quarterbacks. I'm yeah, impressed. Well, that's all there was left to play today, I think. The NFL is notorious for recycling quarterbacks and coaches, and it's embarrassing because they really, now Chip Kelly's the opposite. They went to college and got him, and then it doesn't work, and then what do they all say? Oh, we can't hire a college guy anymore. Pete Carroll did work, by the way, although I know he had been in the league before. But, man, their inability to find a decent quarterback to, to be second string even or third string, it's embarrassing because surely, how many teams are there? 32 times yeah. three. Surely there are a 100 people in the United States that can play reasonable quarterback. 
And I'm just saying, Tim Tebow is not on one of them rosters. That was actually a Bill Simmons tweet this morning, I think. He's like, why is Tebow not playing somewhere well, today? I think Tebow's not very good, but that's a different story. And I've, I've made this argument to several people. If, you've got, if you're one of those teams that aren't very good, if you sign Tim Tebow, instantly your season ticket sales go up. It's a great, yeah, it's a great PR move, no doubt about it. But I, I don't know that he's a great quarterback. I think, uh, you know, his persona is such that he has a fan base, and then he has a group that doesn't like him. I'm neither of those. I, I don't care if he's good enough. Fine. I don't know that Tim Tebow would be the answer for any of those teams. But it's a legitimate question because Tim Tebow is better than some of the guys they're trotting out there. I will agree with that. Well, okay, and I, I agree. He's not a ready NFL quarterback at this point. He was a great college quarterback. I mean, one of the best, probably maybe the best, the best of all time, certainly, uh, for what he did. But uh, Dallas, always Jerry Jones always looking to make a splashy PR move. Who did they start today? They didn't start Matt Castle. They started someone else, somebody I can't even remember who. Um, Gary Hogaboom. It was Gary Hogaboom. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Tyler has no clue who Gary Hogaboom is. Um, he, uh, yeah, why not have Tim Tebow in? This week in Dallas. Wouldn't that have been cool to see? And Cowboys fans are wanting something like this. Today, when they hosted the Redskins, you seen there were a few people there that had Cowboys RG3 jerseys on. And I think right now he's in as bad a shape as Tebow is. Well, the RG3 three thing's interesting. You get, and then Kirk Cousins is coming out of nowhere to be a. What a great season, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's getting some of that, uh, you know, he's getting some of that confidence, which is what we're talking about, you know, with Scal and everybody else. You've got to have the confidence. I think Cousins has now got it. And RG3 has totally lost it, which as is weird as, because he is one of the uh, most confident players I've ever seen before. As long as Kirk Cousins can remember to spike the ball rather than Neil. take a knee. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, though. But uh, backing up Romo, uh, Dallas would be a pretty good fit for RG3. Maybe get him in there and a little bit of, um, you know, mix it up. Uh, let Romo take a couple plays off, mix it up a little. Not a, not a quarterback platooning system. I'm never for that. But maybe just a player or two. Could Tebow work under Chip Kelly with the offense that Chip Kelly there, works? Wasn't he? He was at uh, – I yeah, thought they had signed him, yeah. Yeah, he, they, they cut him. I thought it was a big perfect place. He's been – see, he was cut by New England, which I thought Belichick would figure out a way to use him. Didn't. Cut by Philadelphia this year, I think. Uh, and if Kelly can't figure out a way to use him, I don't know if anyone can. In fairness to Tebow Backers, and I do think he's better than some of the guys on the roster, the NFL is its a closed club. It really is, and that's why they recycle all these guys. And I do feel bad. I don't feel like Tebow ever really got the shot that possibly he deserved. I don't know that he would have made the kind of splash that a lot of people think he might have, uh, but certainly he deserved an opportunity. Having said that, great segment there. What's next on our agenda? And I will, will say that Tim Tebow pretty much did build First take. I mean, if you think about what spawned first take, it was there and it was successful, but the Tim Tebow, Skip Bayless love uh, is really what got first take really going. And then now, whatever, if you like first take, that's cool. It's I can't hardly do it anymore. But it was the Tim Tebow thing that sort of got that really going. And what's next is our oldest bit, by the way. Time to open up a can on or open up a can for. All right. Metaphorical can, of course. It is a metaphorical can. It's very figurative. No people, no animals, no objects will be harmed in this segment, which is sponsored by Bertram & Sons Asphalt Ceiling. They do driveways, business, parking lots, 606-688-4631. Don't worry about that 606 area code. If you call them, they will answer, 
and they will be the people that you need. Bertram and Sons Asphalt Ceiling. Thought you were going a uh, little field of dreams. If you call them, they will come. There you go. And I'm sure for the right price, they probably would. You just talk to Bart and let him know uh, where you're at. He will probably could shoot you a figure, and maybe I'm sure he'll do a great job. Um, we, we, we're talking about bowl games. We're talking about Oregon in particular. I think Tyler's pulled up some scores. We, we've been seeing some pretty bad bowl games, by the way, especially the two big ones that were on New Year's Eve, which is a different discussion which you were mentioning earlier, too. We had two-eighths, which is one-fourth, of good football in those games, I think. Uh, the first half of Clemson and Oklahoma was good. The rest of the Alabama game was a blowout. The second half of the Clemson-Oklahoma game, blowout. So what? Uh, how do you feel about the bowl game so far this year? I'm going to open up a can on just the whole system. I will say this. If it were up to me, we'd probably still be horse and buggy because I'm not a, a forward-thinking guy, I guess. But I get irritated when you have something that is really good and then they improve it and make it much worse. There is a clamoring. I know uh, Millennial Him is big on wanting eight teams or 16 teams. I saw a high school buddy of mine, Guy Wagner, who put out a, a tweet that basically said, get to eight teams for the playoff. Let's get it done. I think the playoff has ruined college football. I think it's killed it. I know people want a national title. I know Alabama's in it. Okay, fine. The ratings for the two semifinal games were horrible. They were horrible. I don't know why they were on December 31st. I don't know. I don't know why they weren't on the first. I know this. Growing up, national title, I just didn't care. But I love January 1st, and it is a debacle. The games have been horrible. The matchups have been bad. The bowl games stretch from here to there, and you don't know when you're supposed to be watching them. I think it's been a miserable experience. I wish they'd just go back January 1st, play them all on that day, all the big ones anyway, and be done with it, and then let people vote. And whoever, because I don't care how you do it. Michigan, if they hadn't botched a punt, might have been in this discussion. Ohio State could have been in this discussion. I'm not sure that we're getting a true national champion, no matter how we do it. Well, that's the thing. Any tournament, any tournament is going to have that problem. Even as much as we love March Madness, Kentucky was clearly the best team. Not a doubt. Not a doubt that Kentucky was the best. So um, it is hard to, uh, to, to for sure. And, and like you're saying, why do you even necessarily have to care? Uh, I guess it's a money thing. Is that a, is that, is that the 31st thing you're talking about moving the games to the 31st? Is that a cockiness by the NCAA saying, here, I'll put them on whenever you'll watch them no matter what. I'll put them on New Year's Eve night when everybody's having plans and you'll watch them anyway, and they didn't. You know, I, I was more than happy to, and I didn't get a chance to participate, but I would have rather listened to the Hornets Nest Pickers at Ralphie's than watch Alabama beat somebody 38 to nothing uh, in that situation. I do think it's cockiness. It's arrogance. I think the NCAA feels like they have you and they're going to get you. But you know, I didn't watch a whole lot of the bowl games, and they were pretty horrible. And even the TCU comeback, it was 31-0. How many people clicked the television off? I'd say a lot. And so I think uh, the NCAA, in most cases, deserves to have a can opened up on it. All right. Young Tyler, what do you think? I agree. I'm going to open up a can on. I think, like you said, I think the two I, – I disagree with not having the playoff. I think it's good for college football. I do think that it should not be on New Year's Eve. I think it should be on New Year's Day. Kind of talking, you know, to the where you want the big games on New Year's Day. I think they need to move them two games to that day. I was just looking. There are 40 bowl games. 15 of them were decided by 16 points or more. So there, there weren't close games, including all five on New Year's Day. 
You know, Stanford, all five on New Year's Day were decided by 16 points or more. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, Stanford beat Iowa 45-16. Ohio State beat Notre Dame by 16. Ole Miss beat Oklahoma State by 28. Tennessee beat Northwestern by almost 40. And Michigan killed Florida. Well, That's the, your five New Year's New Year's Day. The two the day before were blowouts too, right? What did Clemson end up beating Oklahoma? What was that? Well, again, it was a half. It was good, and that was it. Clemson was, beat Oklahoma by 20. Alabama beat Michigan. 38. So that's your seven major ball games, really. And they're all ridiculous. And the Houston, the Houston, Florida State game was a fourteen point game, which was all, which was the Peach Bowl. Which was at least nice because Houston pulled the upset, right? Yes, Houston was. So go Houston, AAC team who had a really nice year. You know, you look Houston versus Florida State. You think Florida State should win that game? You know, at least you have an upset uh, kind of deal going there. Don't you think what we're seeing? I think we're seeing better games from the smaller bowls now. Like for instance, Western's a nice game there. Um, it, it is odd, and then you're talking about extending out to eight. That's that's very NCAA. We're talking about arrogance. We'll extend it out to eight. We'll extend it some more if we need to. We can make more money, and that, I, I have a problem with that. I don't think that they'll ever do that because playing football games are different than playing basketball games. You can't ask these players to keep playing this physical of a game, you know, that many games in a year. It does too much to their body, especially with this new concussion movie coming out. I think you'll see it having a big impact on things like this. You're, you're, first of all, you're taking for granted and that, that people are generally trying to do what's best for these players, and I don't think that's the case. When money comes available, there will be a game. The NFL has died to get 18 games in an NFL regular season. They don't care. At least those guys are getting paid for it, though, and this is, could open up a different kind of can altogether, so I don't know that we want to get into paying players, but um, I, they can make millions, hundreds of millions probably on a couple more games, I think eventually it's going to happen. It is about the money, and that's what I hate about it. I was going to go exactly to the point that you just made. The NFL, despite this movie coming out, despite all the evidence that, that these games are harmful to these players, despite all of that, they're sending people to London. They're playing on Thursdays. They won 18 games. There is nothing that that league is doing that has anything to do with the And I think the NCAA is just as bad. They're just as bad, which is why I don't understand 10 games, 11 games. I wrote a piece about the Ivy League that like two people read somewhere long ago. Those guys still at least have some perspective, and there's a lot wrong with the Ivy League. I get the, the elitism and so forth and so on. But the idea that, we're look, we're just going to play 10. We're going to have our league, and whoever wins the Ivy League, we're going to shake hands when it's over, and that's it. And we're not doing it anymore because this is a violent, tough game, and we're not putting people at risk. The NCAA is not going to do that. And for who and for what? It's for the money, and it's for us to sit around and say, you know, Alabama's the national champion. I just don't care. I'm probably the only person in the world. I just don't care. I liked it just as well when there was a debate. It was much more fun to talk about 30 years ago when BYU was undefeated. Should it be BYU? Should it be a one-loss Miami team? You know, it was annoying, I suppose, but it was fun. Should winning the Holiday Bowl Make you a national champion. Is that what you're saying? Why shouldn't it? Man, they were undefeated. They were. Go yeah. Cougars. Yeah. And they had a Georgia Tech team that was a national champion, I think. It was kind of out of the blue. Uh, yeah. There was another one, too. I can't remember. That was I Bobby Ross coach. Yeah. But Bill Curry recruited there Georgia Tech team. Um, I wish. What you said, when we were growing up, there were 11, 10 or 11 games in the season. Oh, it was all, yeah. It's now 10, there are 11 14, games. right? Yeah. Everybody's saying nine win. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It doesn't mean exactly the same as it did 10, 20 years ago at least. There's always another game. So is basketball the same. I mean, you know, 40 games now to win in uh, Indiana in 76 was 32-0. and all. So... Uh, or 33 now. I think so UK years. went way past that. Oh, yeah. Well, even this year in the NFL, the, the last undefeated team was the Miami Dolphins, but they were 14-0. and 0, yeah. And then they won three games and went 17-0, whereas who was the last team this year? It was Carolina. Carolina was 14-0. They would have had to have won essentially, what, 20-0? 19-0? was what the Patriots were yeah. They were 18-1. and and So they already won more games, and they should have. That, there's another. When you have a tournament. What an asterisk. Yeah, when you have a tournament. The Patriots were clearly the best team in the world that year. Um, so it's hard to actually get a true best team, no matter how much you play or how many teams you invite. There's always a chance for the old upset, which is what makes sports, I guess, beautiful and lovely and frustrating all at the same time. I think with the exception of the NBA, I think in the NBA, the best team almost always wins in a seven-game series. And that, and that's but you can't play. As you mentioned, even the NCAA would not try to do a series in football, I don't think. I would argue as a purist and a fan here of baseball that for years baseball was the one sport where the best team absolutely always yeah. won. Baseball was, and then what did they do? They wild just card. made a wild card. Or even divisions was a problem. Okay, you got an 83-win New York Met team in the 1969 World Series, which didn't make any sense. The best team got beat in a short five-game series. You start reducing it to four and five and six games, and baseball all of a sudden, you know, who cares? Anybody could win. The Kansas City Royals just won the World Series. Good for them. They were a nice team. Were they the best team? They were not. The NBA is the only league left, I think you're absolutely right, where the best team usually wins. Or at least it's the two best teams and there's some debate and and let's get something done here. This college football deal, I guess it's okay if you want to have a playoff, but it does not produce necessarily what we think it does. No, but okay, and I think a lot of people agree with that. Where is the same... I don't know if animosity is the right word, but where's the same disagreement about March Madness then? Is it just because it's not as harmful on the body? Is that where we're going with that? I mean, March Madness, again, is not going to produce the best team usually winning it. The thing with March Madness is, though, there's so many teams involved to where, you know, I like you know I like Kentucky. The year that they didn't make it to the tournament, you still sit there and you cheer for other teams. You know, you cheer for the underdog. There's so many upsets and there's so much entertainment value in it. There's more entertainment value watching college basketball and college football than there is watching professional basketball, professional football, in my opinion, because it just seems like it means more to the players. You know, how many times in professional sports do you see a player cry after the game? In the NCAA tournament, if you get beat, almost always you'll see players just distraught after the game because it means so much to them. It could be their last game. You know, if they're not an All-American going to go to the NBA, that's the last time they'll ever put the sneakers on and go out on the hardwood. Couldn't have said it any better myself. And I think the other thing is the NCAA tournament, yes, it ends up with a champion. I get that. But it's designed to be fun. It is. It's entertainment is on the label, basically, you know, as opposed to we're going to find the national title. Basically, NCAA basketball is saying we're going to have the most fun tournament you've ever seen. And that's what it is every year. It is the most fun. And what Kentucky fans even would say, I, I think UK fans were very proud of the national titles. But we feel like we're the greatest program in history, even though UCLA has more titles. Because we have all the titles and all the wins and all the conference titles and all the All-Americans, when you put it holistically on a sheet of paper, 
UK is the king of college basketball by a number of metrics. And one of the things that we love as, as Big Blue Nation is Final Fours. I think we all kind of agree, and we've said this many times, once you get there, every team is good and anybody could win on a given night. Now, what you're wanting is you want to be in as many Final Fours as you can because if you're there a bunch, what do you know? You're going to win a few of them. And that's kind of how it works as, as it goes. So I think that is a tournament that overall creates programs that are elite rather than, look, last year Kentucky was the best team in it. Two years ago when they won it, I think they were the best team. Maybe you can make an argument. But, man, that thing is just, it is fun, fun, fun. Whereas this college football thing, I don't know that it's its that level of fun. The opening the opening Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament are the my two favorite days of the year because when you've got these 15 seeds, these 14, you know, 14 seed teams taking it to the wire with these higher-rated teams, it's so fun to watch. Like Florida Gulf Coast a couple years ago when they made the Sweet 16, they were a blast to watch. I found that was so much cheering, fun. I found myself cheering for them as hard as I was for Kentucky. You know, they'd score, have a big dunk. I'm jumping up and down. You know, it's just, they're so fun to watch, and I think that's what makes that tournament just head and shoulder above everything else in sports. Don't you think, though, that we all, in the end, want the underdog to get so far, and then we want our bigger teams? Like when George Mason made it a few years ago, it was great to see, but wouldn't you rather see North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke, and Kansas in the Final Four? It hurt the Final Four. Uh, when Butler was on its roll there for a little while, it hurt the Final Four. When UConn and Kentucky played in the semifinals and you knew one of those teams was going to blister, yeah, Butler, de facto, it hurts the Final Four a little bit. But Tyler said it so well. The NCAA stumbled into success because it wasn't originally that. It was originally like, what, four teams and then eight and then 16. It used to be you had to win your conference to go. A lot of good UCLA teams, you know, they were in because they were running the Pac-10 and then maybe a team from the ACC who was as good didn't get in because you didn't win and so forth and so on. They expanded. It was the right move then. They have created a festival of basketball. And, and what you just shared, your experience, is so everyone's experience because you always pick that team. Santa Clara beats Arizona years ago, and, man, there's celebrations, and you look at their campus. It's just the funnest thing going. I think that's maybe the problem with college football is we are starting to take it way too seriously. It's little pro. I mean, that's what it is. It's the month. And talking about the little team making it to the making it to the Final Four, in 2000, I believe it was 10, Duke's last, or Duke's last championship before this past season, they played Butler in the championship game. I think that added so much to that game because if everyone in the country – Mine as Duke fans was cheering for Butler because Duke's one of those teams that you either love them or you hate them, and the majority of the people hate them. So you cheer for Butler so hard when he lets that when Haywood lets that shot go at half court, everybody stands up. And as a Kentucky fan, I'm like, if this shot goes in, we'll never have to see that Leitner shot again. But it didn't. And we have to see it <laughs> year after. I thought you were going to follow his great point with another great point, and then it was just like dramatic. No, it didn't go. Out. No, it was just the it's like shooter on Hoosiers Arrow in and out. Yeah. Yeah, air out of the balloon because we do have to see it year in <laughs> and year out. I can't wait. I think I think what we're finding out here is the podcasts in early March are going to be really exciting with all this NCAA basketball so tournament talk. Um, it's a great day. A lot of people miss work. I think it probably should be Super Bowl Monday and first two days of the NCAA tournament ought to be national holiday. I agree 100%. And, and at one time, wouldn't we have said that to wrap this segment up? about New Year's. It is a holiday, I get that. But wouldn't we have said that, man, New Year's is the greatest. You can just you know, put something in the crock pot, you can get some chips, have some friends over, put it on the, the big screen or whatever. It was a great day. And now it's just another day. 
Yeah, and we've got to wait till is it next a week from Monday or something to see. And and there will be uh, there are quite a few. There are a couple of little bowls between now and then. I'm sure, right? There are no more little bowls. They used they to, used to do like that, that Motor City Bowl or yeah. something, but they don't no. do that anymore. Well, so I was confused there. We're bowl free until the title game. Bowl free until the title game. Um, that sounds like that sounds like a great promotion for Ralphie, by the way. <laughs> bowl free into the title. Well, no, it probably wouldn't make him much money, would it? Uh, here's a bit I really like to do because it makes me kind of dance every time we play it. If the phone's ringing, don't worry. It's just the KY Sports guys wondering, who would you call? Nobody wants to actually see that dancing, I understand, but it does make us all happy after that haunting music. Who would you call? You know, we've been talking football, we've talked a lot of college, but the pros wrapping up the season tonight with Millennial Hymns Vikings playing the Packers for the NFC North title. Probably the most exciting game of the day, other than maybe the uh, the Jets game where the Jets had a chance to throw their own destiny and, and lost, and Pittsburgh's now in. and Lost to Rex Ryan. What a, that's great. With Ryan play. Fitzpatrick as quarterback against Buffalo. So many twists and turns. That, that is so, I, I guess that was an accident on the schedule or just a happy mistake or happy accident, whatever, but it was beautiful. Yes, Rex, it's going to be crazy. Rex is going to, I want to see the press conference. I, I, I hope that. He may be the happiest man in the world. Yeah, he is excited. Um, who would you call to give some advice for the playoffs? So coming up, we've got some teams in. You know, you got your Belichick, who obviously knows how to coach in the playoffs. But you mentioned kind of the exigence of this was what? Well, I think the idea is that Marvin Lewis's job is on the line, which I think Marvin Lewis does a great job. He's sad, been, by the way. It is sad, and he's been in Cincinnati for a long time, but he's just not got it done in the playoffs. I think they're 0-6 in the first round of the playoffs. And so the Bengals need a win, and so who would he call? Uh, if he wanted some advice, and you named some names that were, yeah, or a name that is prominent, I don't know who who would you call when times are tough and you need that W. Do I get to start if you want? Okay, I'm going to go. And it, we've said in the past, it can be sports, non-sports, it can be dead alive. It's not. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not going to call him. Good, because I was. I'm going to call Gene Hackman's character in Hoosiers. The head coach, Norman Dale. Because Norman Dale wins the Indiana High School Championship. He's a winner, and at the end, he had enough sense to do what? To take his play, throw it away, and just let Jimmy. Jimmy said, I'll make it, and he said, good, go make it. Here's what here's what Marvin Lewis needs to do. He needs to look at A.J. Green and say, go make it. And as I mentioned, I saw two plays in a row there to A.J. Green where he just made the catch. And he was being covered really well. So that's the that's the whole point of my choice is don't overcomplicate it, don't draw up 80 schemes, get it to your best player and be done with it. The cheat code, great great nickname. Uh do we know if Andy Dalton's going to be back next week? Or two okay. weeks, they get by. If if they get a buy, which I don't think is for sure, but if they get a buy, are they definitely the two seed now? Oh, wait a minute. Cuz the Patriots right lost, now. right? Yeah, I think some of it depends on that. If they are the two seed, I think Dalton comes back. If they are not, I think they have to ride AJ McCarron in the first round. Okay, and he's been doing okay, but it, it's it's pretty noticeable. There is a decline in the rushing game, and there's just a decline in, the, I think, the overall management of the game. Because Andy Dalton, to his credit, is a good quarterback. Not great, but a good NFL quarterback. Young Tyler, who are you calling? I'm going to show my age a little bit here. I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson. He's won at the college level. He's won at the NFL level. You could say he's had the best talent, but winning's winning. 
So I think he would be a good person to give him some tips on how to win the big games, the games that are important. And, and he has tremendous hair. Tremendous yeah. hair and a great tan because he lives in Miami and just enjoys So everything fishing. Jimmy Johnson does is good. He, he's figured out the, the key to life. I don't just, actually remember Jimmy Johnson coaching. I just like to throw on the age. I got gotcha. you. That's good. Uh, if, very if, good. If Reedy Boy were here, he might he remember some of those Cowboys. Jimmy Johnson was very good. Yeah. I'm going to go a little counterintuitive here. I'm going to call a guy who did a lot of playoff winning. It's more known for his playoff losing. Marv Levy. <laughs> Marv Levy won a whole bushel of playoff games right up to the big one. And we're not asking who to call to win the Super Bowl. We're just asking for playoff wins, correct? That is correct. So I think Marv Levy would be an excellent choice. And by the way, talking about having talent, those teams, so good. You know, you had Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid. They were loaded. And, and Marv Levy, yeah. one of my favorites of all time, English major. Very smart, articulate man. Yeah, I mean, he just, he's always going to be staying with that. Never won the big one, but man, he won a lot of almost big ones. And to me, that's not as good, but it's really great. Well, he's really, and this is maybe a poor analogy, but he is Joe Frazier in Muhammad Ali's era. And he just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time with the Cowboys and some of the teams that he had to play against. The first one he should have won, obviously, Scott Norwood. Yeah, Scott, yeah. But the rest of it, he was just he was the second best team in the league. Very much uh, those Patrick Ewings and those guys who were in the Jordan era. Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley ran up against that Jordan guy whose record was broken today, as young Tyler mentioned in the first half of the show. By Jimmy Butler. But anyway, yeah, Marv Levy, I think they had three really excellent choices. All coaches, by the way. We didn't call any like strange aliens or anything to coach. I thought about going politics and finding somebody who was kind of, you know, comeback kid, but I decided not to. Could have gone with the great kazoo. You could have. Cartoon aliens. Yes. I mean, yeah. Tremendous. He could have just, you know. And it would have been done. Yeah. Last week I went political when Henry Clay and Millennial Yim booed me out of the I thought Confident. it was going to be a brawl here. It's an old-fashioned duel like yeah. Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. I was bitter over it. What's next? Was that right? Was it Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton? Yes, yes, okay, it was. Okay, good. Um, we have a couple more bits. My favorite drop of the week always is this. Uh, we can't hear you, Reed, so I'm not very intelligent. <laughs> I hope you all are hearing that when you listen. It's, it's Reed admitting his, he's not very intelligent. Um, not very intelligent person, by the way. Rex Ryan would probably say the New York Jets front office is not very intelligent for letting him go. Although Todd Bowles did a tremendous job because they they lose their quarterback in ridiculous and embarrassing fashion to start the year. I think they were predicted to be awful. Just the fact they had a chance to get in the playoffs, uh, tip your hat to him. Yeah, uh, even though I think a lot of Jets fans are probably going to be angry because they control their destiny. Happier than Giants fans, though. I'm sure. And Coughlin, by the way, expected to resign tomorrow. I can't imagine he would, too. Uh, But Ragnar, start out the year, Ragnar once, I thought it was $20,000 a game. If you don't know who Ragnar is, he is the Viking, Millennial Hymns Viking. I wish he were here to talk about this. Um, He's the guy who would ride the motorcycle out, dressed as a Viking. He was the mascot. And he just wanted, he overpriced himself. And the Viking said, no, we don't need you that much, Ragnar. Take a hike. With your bike. Well, this morning he was on um, Ragnar was on a little skit on Fox NFL coverage where he was actually in the woods and received a present from none other than the Packers fan base. What was inside the box? You ask. A cheese head. And what did Ragnar do with it? He placed it on his Viking head and walked off into the woods. What do you think about that? 
it's not very intelligent in a number of ways. Here's two things. Not intelligent by Ragnar twice. A, don't price yourself out. Oh, that kind of money, man. Come on. Yeah, don't price yourself out when your job's pretty useless to the actual game. I mean, it's not really a job that you have to have. If he's there or not there, nobody really gets excited. Secondly, never burn bridges if you can help it when you're in the entertainment business world. So now not only has he overpriced himself, but he's burned a bridge. Bad day for this guy. Yeah, I almost anticipate he thinks he could go to Green Bay and be loved, and I've got the funny feeling that he wouldn't be. No Lambo loop for Ragnar, I don't think. We mentioned, though, one of the things I thought was not very intelligent a few weeks ago was Coach Mike Ditka putting on the Green Bay. And it actually turned out to be a Green Bay curse. So maybe that's what Ragnar's thinking. Maybe he's being counter He's almost like a spy. Yeah, like he's trying to curse him and maybe get some inside information, Ragnar. So maybe maybe Ragnar's a little smarter than we're giving him credit for. What if he comes out tonight oh, with the cheesehead, with the Packers? Against the Vikings tonight. That would be glorious. I would love to see that happen just for the just because it'd be funny. Is the game in Minnesota or is it Atlanta? That I do not know. It would probably be. I don't know. It's going to be cold either place, though, right? Um, so Ragnar wins our not very intelligent of the week. We got one bit to do left. My favorite song of the week. Goodbye, Thanks again to Jordan Dewey and Coach Hart for singing back up on that little uh, little ditty that we did not do it. The Hornet says pictures at Ralphie's, but maybe someday I'll talk to Dr. Law and we'll work that in. We should have, and I. the more I listen to it, I think we nailed the harmonies. Y'all wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't too y'all, bad. y'all cover my, my singing pretty well. Well, the lead has to be good in order for any harmonies to work. You can't have that's, it without the bow. Nice um, speaking of nice, this show is not known for being nice, but it's probably... As most as misunderstood as any show that I've ever known, and it's it's probably one of the top two or three satire shows of all time. Sat, uh, South Park, uh, a little cartoon which people tune into cartoons sometimes and think they're supposed to be kitty, not kitty. This one's not. So warning you, if you don't know what South Park is, you've been under a rock for twenty years. But it's not a kid's <laughs> show. Don't tune into South Park and set your kid down to watch. Don't it. do it. It's it's an adult cartoon. So our, car- our characters that we're going to talk about, there are many characters, but here are some we're going to talk about and we're going to cast off. Stan, Kyle, Kenny, and Cartman are the four boys. We've got Butters and Timmy. Chef, who cast himself off a while back, but we wanted to bring him back. The teacher, Mr. Garrison. And I just like Terrence and Phillip, the guys who whose head actually come off when they talk. So I thought that would be interesting. Top of their head comes off. So, young Tyler, who are you casting off first? I think to go first in this cast off, it has to be Kenny, doesn't it? He always goes. kill Kenny. Always. Yeah. Always gone. So Kenny's first off. I think none other. Than, I don't think anybody's surprised think by that choice. Coach, who are you casting? Well, that's a tough choice. There are many. You know, I caught South Park when it was just starting. Then I kind of left it. I haven't seen it in years. So, uh, you know, Chef is a guy I'm going to keep. He's definitely in there. Um, I don't know. Let's get rid of Mr. Garrison. Oh, man. I, know, I like Mr. Garrison, but uh, we're going to get rid of him. Yeah, I think he. <laughs> This should, we could talk about what each person represents in the satire, but we just don't have that kind of time. Mr. Garrison is funny. 
he does some growing as the show's gone along, and I'm not seeing it, a lot of it lately either. Um, I'm going to lose Timmy, even though I love Timmy, <laughs> and the Lords of the Underworld. Timmy, 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 Timmy. He's he's cool, by the way. You got to love Timmy, but he doesn't really play into that many of the shows, so we're going to lose Timmy. I'm going to go ahead and take off Terrence and Phillips. They what? didn't come in until late, so <laughs> I don't think that they played as big a part in the show as the rest of these guys. Come on, but. guy. <laughs> That's well Blame done. Canada. Uh, you know, I hate to do it because I love Chef, and I think he's a huge part of the early shows, but since he did cast himself off, I think it's only appropriate that he go early. Uh, we'll get rid of Chef. Yeah, I think I think you were about... I think we were about to the point where Chef had to go, even though he was basically the voice of reason for those early South Park. Uh, the voice of guys. reason isn't needed in this show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it became Chef taught the kids to be the voice of reason, and honestly, the kids are the voice of reason in most of these shows now. It's pretty amazing, what, the, and that's what I think some people miss. Butters would have replaced, I think, uh, what's the story on that? He would have replaced Kenny. There's something, somebody he was going to replace. Maybe it's Stan, but Butters has to go now. He's a friend, but he's not. He's not one of the three amigos. Sure. So we've you got you got Stan, Kyle, Kyle and Cartman. Cartman. And that's it. That's all that's, that's left. That's all that's left. I think it's time for Stan to go. <laughs> I think he was. Right. A, I think he's less important than the last two. So that means Coach Hurt. Coach Hurt gets to decide it. And Stan, player. by the way, great. Got to love Stan, but uh, I think yes. it's probably the right choice there. So Kyle. Kyle or Cartman? Kyle and Cartman. And those who are listening, you may you know these guys, but Kyle has the blue toboggan, Stanley has the green one. Sometimes they're confused. People confuse those two. You know, we always end up with the uh, comedic character as the winner in these situations. Yes, yeah, so, so you've got the straight man who's Stanley, or excuse me, Kyle, and you've got Cartman. I'm going to flip that. I'm going to eliminate Cartman and leave Kyle what? as the yeah. winner. Yeah. You know I what know. Cartman would say? I can't <laughs> say that. Not on our podcast. Uh, Kyle, congratulations, buddy. Kyle, by the way, he is chef, the voice of reason now. He is the most reasonable character probably on it. Quite an upset in my opinion. Quite an upset. You were going Cartman. Cartman. Was a clear winner there. Yeah, I just want to do something different. I like that. Uh, and I don't think it's as big an upset as you think. Because with Kyle, with Stanley, excuse me, uh, and with Kyle, he get, you get his dad, Randy, thrown in as a bonus, too. And Randy's a nut, <laughs> always doing something dumb. But Stanley, excuse me, Kyle has to be there to bail him out a lot of times. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in to the website. Check us out. Listen to the pod. We'll keep the Hogleg Podcast Plus up for a while. KY Sports Guys, the KY Sports Guys.com. Hey.